Boker Tov. Good morning, Rabbi Zay. Today's year is sponsored by this following email. Subject, Bar Hashem for Rebelli and the 8-Minute Daf. Dear Rebelli, thank you so much for all you do to bring us the Daf every day, and thank you to all those who are part of the process. I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, so I use the app to watch the Shear, usually the next morning or afternoon. Huh? <laughs> so a special thank you to Leon, Leon Welcher from South Africa, for making the app and keeping it up to date. I am 55 years old, and this is my first time keeping up with the DAF. I started once or twice in years past, but I never gotten this far before. I went to day school through seventh, but more or less grew up secular, so this is, pretty, so this is a pretty big accomplishment for me. I would not have gotten this far if it weren't for your engaging ways of presenting the material. I absolutely love the graphics and the diagrams, and really help, that they really help bring each sugi to life. Both my parents were nifted last year, a few months apart from each other, while I was able to complete St. Kaddish from my mother. My father's year was cut short by Corona. The shuls in town here have not fully reopened yet, and I don't expect them to, to in time for his yard side on the 13th of Tammuz. Would you please say Kaddish for him on that day? Absolutely, I said already. I'm also sponsoring this year in his memory, Yitzchok ben Kalmin Yaakov. So Yitzchok ben Kalmin Yaakov should have an, an aliyah, and Shom should have an aliyah. May Hashem grant that you and the entire crew always go from strength to strength, Cult of Larry Jaffe. That's how you pronounce it, Jaffe? Jaffe, Jaffe. All right, Yishkoyach Larry. The Neshama should have an aliyah. Today's daf is daf Kuf Chof Aleph, 120 daf into the cycle, into Shabbos. How many days do you say? 183. Today's 183. No, but yesterday came over to me and said it's 26 weeks. What else? Six months. Uh, kids okay. What is the proper name? I said what it says here in the Yitzchok bin Kalman Yaakov. Yeah, I sure did. All right, Raboisai. I must have heard this story dozens of times. One of my father's favorite stories. There's a guy that came home after shul Friday night, and his wife says, "Yankel, the lights in the dining room are off." She says, okay, we'll go get a guy. Gotta get a Shabbos guy. So he goes outside, he looks around, and sure enough, a gishmak, a guy, is walking by. He says, excuse me, uh, I need your help. He says, yeah, sure. He says, listen, I'm an Orthodox Jew. I can't turn on the, the lights on, on the Sabbath. He says, yeah. So he says, uh, I need your help. Could you? Sure. Comes into the house. He shows him the dining room. He says, this, this is the room. This is, you know, like I said. He says, wow, that's, that's crazy. You can't turn on the lights. He says, well, you could. He says, yeah, it's true. It's very interesting. He says, no. He doesn't understand. Garnished, nothing. You know, it's very difficult to eat in a room without lights. He says, I know, I know, it's crazy. It's really, it's difficult. Kids are gone. After like three, four minutes, he gets frustrated. He says, push the button, just hit the thing. So the guy looks at him and says, Amir Lakum Shvus. Okay. The guy went off to Derech Fine. How do we know that Amir Lakum, telling a guy 
to do a Malachas Asr. Shvus, it's Isidur Abbanan. This Mishnah right over here, this is where it all emanates from this Mishnah. And this halacha is negat to other halachas as well. Amir lakum, anytime you tell a guy to do any kind of iser, not just on Shabbos. Amir lakum. When I was younger and stupider, that's a word, so I was once at a person's house, and the guy is telling his guy to like do things. And he tried a hint. You saw that he knew about the halacha, but he wasn't. He, might, he was telling the guy to do things. I was like, hello, Amir Lakum. He says, yeah, but he works for me. So I went after Shabbos and I bought him a book. It's like the book this thick about Amir Lakum. Somebody made a book. Like, I mean, obviously it was a dumb idea to do that, but back in the day, I thought it was, it was the normal thing to do. Like, to give him Musr. Instead of giving him Musr, you give him a book. Okay. Says the Mishnah. So we're talking about again, the whole parak is about fires. Person has a fire, fire department shows up. So you don't tell the guy, okay, go, go, go extinguish the flame. And you also don't have to say don't. You don't have to make him refrain from doing so. Interesting, Tysus points out that this iser of telling a guy to do a melacha on Shabbos is also aser if you tell him to do a derabanan, which is also known as shvus de shvus, a double shvus, a double derabanan, because the amir lakum is a shvus. And you're telling him to, to do a derabanan, this is shvus de shvus. What is the iser to tell a guy to do something on Shabbos? Rabbi Kiva Egi here on the side points out, in Rashi. So Rashi over there says that the problem is, like, these psukim, you shouldn't be talking about these things on Shabbos. By the way, is anybody here that hasn't said these psukim before said it this Shabbos? What? First time? Oh! First time? Beautiful. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, I, I think I said it last week already because we learned it last week. But, okay, so. At least in this room, two more people. Gaval, hopefully we keep it up. With a hat or without a hat. That's the Shiloh. I almost said it without my hat. <laughs> the one time Gary is listening, Hashem, you're... Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> the Heisen, back to the Heisen. <laughs> you missed the mice with the Heisen. It's a good thing you missed it. You would have not approved. Okay. So it says in Imtashim Shabbos Raglacha, those beautiful psukim that teach us so many different things about Oynik Shabbos and you should wear special clothing in Shabbos and your dibur, your, your talk should be different. That Rashi says that over here Rashi seems to say that it's a problem of shlichus, even though there's no shlichus by a guy, but when it comes to, Rabbanan said there's an iser shlichus, you can't be memana a guy to do your things on Shabbos. So, Mipnei, how come you don't have to stop the guy from doing uh, It's not your problem. He doesn't have a, a Iser to be, to be Michal Shabbos, so you don't have to stop him. But what if a, a child comes? He wants to put out the flame. You don't allow him. Here's the picture, just stop so that we don't go. I, I literally, I, I left home without anything. 
I was like 7.05, and then I, re I read this guy's email, Larry, and he says, oh, the, you're engaging ways of presenting the material. We're, no, graphics and diagrams, like the one day I'm not gonna have anything. So I went and I back and I, I, I did Yoni. Here's Yoni's picture. I thought it was cute, stop. Okay, now, it always bothered me actually. You, we, you have these situations, right? At ho you're at home and you realize you left your lights on in your bedroom. And you so happen to have a four-year-old ro roaming around the house. What do you, could you take the four-year-old, put him up against the thing, and then have him go like this? They never do it, right. It takes about a half an hour. Eventually they do. And it, yeah, and then you take him and you bang his head into the wall. You know, you're like, are you allowed to do that? You've done it a couple times, no? It's happened, it's happened. When they have das, they don't have das. So that, that's what this mission is about. We're going to see amazing halachas about this thing. So, cotton boys. What age are we talking about? So, Taisa says, we're talking about He's under like whatever the Gilchinuch is, eight years old. I forgot what we said already. Seven, eight years old. He's below that age. But okay, a six year old is a pretty big kid. Don't worry, you're almost Gilchinuch. David is getting nervous. He's there. Even when he's three years old, he's the Gilchinuch. It goes by the brains, it doesn't go by the. All right, Omar Rabami. Now, if you look over here, it says Omar Rabami, right by the word Bidleiko, there's a gimel. Do you have it over there in the Merkava? No. You guys with the real Gemaras have it. There's a gimel, meaning this is halachalamaisa. And when it comes to, in other words, he's Mitzayin the Shulchan Aruch, usually that means that's the halacha. When a person has a fire, and the Ran, the other Rishonim point out, it's not just a fire, it's anything. A guy has a flood, a guy has a hurricane, all the, whatever it is, he could tell, anybody could scream outside, whoever helps me is not going to lose. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to pay you $12 an hour. He says, trust me, you're not going to lose. The Gemara says, the reason why I'm pointing out the Shulchan Aruch is because that's Allah Lamaisa. It just happens to be, and Rashi points out, that the Gemara says, perhaps I could prove it from the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, no, you can't prove it from the Mishnah. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Allah is like him. You just can't prove it from the Mishnah. Name perhaps there's a Raya here. From our Mishnah. So the Gemara is Medayik. You don't tell him specifically, go ahead and put out the fire. Perhaps you could just say something, don't tell him, put out the fire, but say, listen, whoever helps me is not going to lose. You didn't say, put out the fire. Okay, it's a nice diuk. The problem is that many times we have the same thing. You can dike one way from the ratio, but from the seifa comes out the exact opposite. So what happens when you have that situation? It's a wash. I mean, make taste be medayik from the ratio. If you give medayik the opposite from the seifa, ema seifa, al techabe lo Don't tell him. Do not. You don't have to prevent him. Don't tell him. Don't. Wait a minute. It's a big problem. It says in the Mishnah, don't prevent him. Wait a minute. It's a lot more than that. You could also tell him that he's not going to lose. It's a much bigger chiddush. What's the bigger chiddush? What would you write if you were writing the Mishnah? If a guy comes to help you, you just, you're just quiet. You don't, you don't do anything. You don't prevent it. Or a much bigger chiddush. You could even say something to him. You could even say something that implies that if he helps you, 
Matzah Shabbos is going to be a nice reward. Wouldn't you write that? Why, why doesn't the Mishnah write that? From the fact that the Mishnah only says, don't prevent him from helping you, is mashma that you cannot hint to him that there's going to be a cash reward at the end of the day. So the Gemara just ends off, okay, no raya. So that's what Rashi points out. Yes, there's no raya, but in fact the halacha is like Rabbi Ami. That is halacha lamaisa that you could tell a guy, by the way, if you help me, you're not going to lose out. There's a story that a fire happened in the yard of Yosef and Simai. Now, I'm not sure. It doesn't seem that he's such a big Talmud Chacham. It could be he was. I don't know. So the army came to help him out. The Romans, they all came to help. He was a... He worked for the king, so as a, as a side benefit, they came to help him. So he told him, hey, stop. No, I don't think you should help me out. It's Shabbos today. You don't help. So Nase happened. He refused their help. No, no damage happened. Rain, I guess it wasn't supposed to rain. Let's see, it was, uh, wherever he was, no rain in those days, and rain came. Just so happened to be, he was a nice guy. He paid every one of the firemen two selah. He gave the, the head guy 25 times the amount. Usually you give a tip, you give, I don't know, double to the, to the manager. Yeah, 25 times the amount. And when Chacham found out about the story, oh, a nace happened to him. It's a big story. You heard about the nace. It's not, what he did was wrong. He didn't have to tell them, don't help me. If a guy comes to help you, you don't have to prevent him. You see an interesting thing here. Even though he acted, he didn't do something wrong, but he didn't have to tell him that. He could have just be, been quiet and he didn't need to come out to the nays. Nevertheless, helped him because he was even though it was by mistake, by mistake also Hashem helps out. If a youngster child comes to, to put out the flame, like the Yoni picture, no, you have to tell him to stop. Why? So this is the famous Shiloh in, in Shas. If you see a cotton eating in a Vela, are you to stop him? Yes or no? So Rashi brings the story where Rabbi Yochanan had a situation. They lost the keys to the base marriage on Shabbos. The guy dropped it in Rosh Hashanah. They know where they dropped it. They dropped it in Rosh Hashanah. Now what do you do? You can't get into Shul. So Rabbi Yochanan had an idea. He tell these kids, all kids, right? All kids like keys, the keychains. They want to be machers. So you take them into Rosh Hashanah. You don't tell them anything about the keys. You take them into Rosh Hashanah and you walk around where the keys are. All of a sudden the kid is going to find the keys. He's going to go and pick up the key. And then he brings it, you like that idea, right? He brings the key, he brings the key, and he brings it home, and, and then you say, okay, now come to the base measures, and then you grab the key from him, you open up the base measures. So you see from here that you, you, you can't do the key trick. You have to tell a kid not to be Michal Shabbos. He wants to put out the fire, you have to tell him stop. He wants to pick up the keys, you have to tell him stop. Omar Rabbi Yochanan, 
Yeah, the key in the tie or the key in the belt. The nerdy, that's, my, that's really nerdy. Comes right through. Yeah, the tie one, the belt one. Listen, the tie. <laughs> they have nice ones, you know, like the, the top of the key is like Yerushalayim, the whole thing. It's gold, it's a gold key. No, it's a real gold key, and the guy, when the guy, when they, they, they do the whole thing, it gold just splatters everywhere. No, 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 no. You haven't been to America in a long time. You still have the people, and you see, like, as the guy grows, he has it for 10 years, so his, his holes in the belt are like these wide holes for keys, not the brown ones. Says the Gemara, Shmas v'nei kotan o'yichon nevez bezim mitzvim lo'lav rishoy. Oh. So this is a halacha also, halacha l'maysa. And this has to do with the, with the lights, light switch. If the youngster, the kid, he knows what you want. He knows there's no light in the living room. He knows. So why is he pushing the button? Because Tati wants. He's trying to do the father a favor. That's a problem. That's awesome. If you have a two-year-old, has no clue what's going on, it goes like this. That's not a problem, Lachayra. I'm not passing La Lacha, but it seems like that's not a problem. A katan, a six-year-old, that's trying to impress his father by pushing buttons, that's the problem. By the keys, the keys is not a problem. He wants to be Michal Shabbos. That's his problem. Now, it, why is he picking up the keys in the, in the Rishus Ram? Because he feels like it. He wants to play with keys. You're not Mechuyiv to tell him to stop. But he's putting out a flame. Why is he putting out a flame? To impress his father? He's doing al-dasoviv, al-dasoviv, that's also. That you have to stop him. David Asborn, Shalom Aleichem. I've never seen him. Okay. Yes. And I've never seen Rabbi Chonav Asimun, it looks like. Rabbi Chonav Asimun is watching the Shia. Oh, no, that's just, no, that's a Vigda Fold. Sorry. Okay. No, there's a big picture of Rabbi Chonav Asimun. Is that not Rabbi Chonav? Who is that? You got me there for a second. All right. Fine. So we have a thing. What's going on here? Let's, let's read it again with the real tune. At the end of the day, why is the guy doing it? He's doing it to, to please the, the, the Jew, Mishari. You allowed to do that? Says the Gemara, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows he's going to get a check. So he's doing it for himself. He's not trying to please a, a Jew. He's trying to please himself. How? By earning money, by making a check. That's the, but a cotton is not getting paid for it. A cotton does it because he wants to please his father. That's also on Shabbos. You let it cover a flame on Shabbos. So that it doesn't hit the beam in the ceiling. Koira is the beam in the ceiling. It's a problem. Now, Rashi mentions right away that we learned enough Mem Gimel that you're not allowed to carry anything. I'm not allowed to carry this glass on Shabbos unless I need it for Dover Hamutr. But to carry a glass on Shabbos, to put it over a flame, a flame is Dover Asr. How are you allowed to do that? Says Rashi, because it's talking about that he picked up the glass to drink. And all of a sudden he realized he has another need for it, so then he flipped it over. 
Fine. Va'al tsoya shokotan. So if you're reading the Mishnah, you and I, we're reading the Mishnah about tsoya shokotan. What do these words mean? The tsoya shokotan. In other words, a little kid had an accident in the, in the house. Right? That's what, that's what it says. Va'al tsoya shokotan. So, as the Gemara is going to say, somebody read it like that, and he got mamish destroyed. He's called names and all sorts of things. That's not the Pshad in the Mishnah. What is the Pshad in the Mishnah? So if you look over here, I'm just skipping ahead. Yoni, right away, he makes the picture, he's putting the, he's covering the tzoya of a chicken. Chicken, cotton. So what's going on here? For that, we have to see the Gemara. But don't read it as you would think. So if you're just learning Mishnahis, and you're doing a Mishnah, that is not the Pshat. does not mean the Tsoya of a Kadun. Why? Because the Tsoya of a Kadun is not Muktzah. And that's not what we're talking about. No, okay, so because when you're learning the Mishnah, that's how you have to learn. Until you get to the Gemara. I'm just, I'm skipping ahead. I just want to, because sometimes when you read the Gemara, it's like you forget what the Mishnah says. Yeah, Pashat, yeah. It's a tired of all that. I want to show that if you just read it as is, without going any deeper. What? What is he right? The Mishnah is like that. Right. This is a straight Mishnah. Exactly. Okay. He, they are right. I am wrong. I'm just cheating. Again, putting a cover over a scorpion, like in my house, still running around. That it shouldn't bite, you're allowed to. Omar Rabbi Yehuda. What does Rabbi Yehuda hold? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, the famous Rabbi Yehuda. Melacha shein tzrich l'gufa, asr. Meaning, if I trap a scorpion, did I skip anything? Right, so Omar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda who holds melacha shein tzrich l'gufa. I don't have, the, the purpose of my malach is not a positive one. I'm trying to get rid of a problem. I would rather not have a scorpion in my house. Now that I have a scorpion in my house, I need to cover him like right over here, like this guy. I need to cover him. But do I gain anything from covering him? Absolutely nothing. All I gain right now is that he's not going to hurt me. That's the malach shayin tzrich l'gufa, Rabbi Yudah holds, that's awesome. Rabbi Shimon holds, it's mutter. Oh, Rabbi Yudah, ma'isa balafnei Rabbi Yechon ben Zakai, ba'arov, va'omar, choyshashani lo'imichatos. It's amazing that Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai was in Arav for 18 years, and they only asked him two questions in 18 years. This is one of them. And he, and he, and he said to them, he says, you hate Torah, and that you should all be olive pickers, bekitzer, yeah, I'm concerned over here, says Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai, I'm not sure, but I think that this might be a chatos. This is a melacha shein tzrich gufa that according to Rabbi Yehuda is aser. Yes, you don't really need it. It's not a positive. It's more of a, of a solution to a problem. And therefore, it's still aser according to Rabbi Yehuda. Memela, he might be over in a chatos by trapping this scorpion. Says the Gemara, an amazing story. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yirmiya, Bar Abba, Rav Chonon, Bar So we have three people here. Rav Yehuda, the famous Rav Yehuda. Rav Yirmiya, Bar Abba, famous Rav Yirmiya. Rav Chonon, Bar Rava's son, Rav Chonon. One of the Ravas. I don't know which one. Rav Chonon, Bar 
Right? Because we had 54 Ravas and Shaz or something like that. Whatever the number was. Alko Params, you have the son of Rava. Ikalube Oven diminished Shikayo. They came to Reb Oven's house. I call him Reb Oven because Rashi says he's Reb Oven. So for the two famous ones, Rav Yehuda the turning to Dav Kufchof Aleph Amit Beis is sponsored by Fischl, the famous Fischl from Mishpacha magazine this week, Aislu Puryoso. They brought out two beds, two couches to sit on. But the third one, big mistake. He messed with the wrong person. He insulted his covet. And now, Rav Chanan Barava had to do two things. He first of all had to stuck him out a little bit. And he had to show him that he's a Tamil Chacham. He also deserves a couch. So happens that Rav Chanan was over, overheard how Rav Oven was teaching his son. They were learning together. And he says this Mishnah. And you're allowed to cover the excrements, the, the waste of a katan, so that another child shouldn't go and touch it. Omar Lehi, listen to this lashon, incredible. Oven shatya. He didn't call him Rev Oven. Oven the shaita. Masne teaching shtusim to your son. You're a shaita, and what you're teaching is shtusim. The kids are, don't ever not give me a couch again. It's not muktzibachlam. What's the problem here? Pick it up and throw it in the garbage. What are you putting? Why, why are you covering it? Now, I'm not going to wait for you to start arguing with me. I'm going to show you what a tamatracham I am. Everything that you anticipate, that you think I'm anticipating, I'm going to answer for you. And you're not going to have, you're not going to know what to say here. Maybe this is Noilad. Waste is Noilad. It just was created today on Shabbos. Noilad. And Noilad, we know, is Muktza. Rivers that come from who knows where. Thousands of Amas away from you. So it came from out of the Tchum. You hear, Gary, what's going on here? Came out of the Tchum. He's out cold. Came out of the Tchum. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But there's problems here in, in, in the Zoom. What are you doing? If it comes out of anything that comes out of Tchum, you know how to touch. It's Muktzah. So how are you allowed to grab water from a river on Chavez? The answer is, because you anticipate it coming, you know that it's coming. So if you know that it's coming, it's not Noilat. So what is the first question everybody should ask right now? If you know that something is coming, it's not Noilat. What? That's right. The, the, the typical case of Noilad on, on Shabbos Yantav is a beta. You anticipate the chicken laying the egg. Okay, so the Rishonim discuss it. You say that the actual chicken is a mukta, so th therefore the egg is also, but this idea is very hard to understand based on what we're saying. That something you know is going to happen is not Noilad. So since you know that this child, you sure hope that every single day he is going to lay some of that soya down, then it's not noilad. Oh, so Oven realized he made a big mistake, and he says, what should, how should I, I just yesterday saw a maisa from the Chazanish, 
Chazanish went into the rabbi's house. It was before the Chazanish was known. Everybody, you know that the Chazanish, nobody knew that he existed at all until he was about 50, 50 something when he came to Yisrael and Chaim Oizer sent a message that he's a gadol and you should treat him as a gadol. But he, his, that's what's so fascinating about the Chazanish. He was, he was literally a nister. Nobody knew he existed. He wrote the Sefer Chazanish, doesn't have his name in it. Nobody knew who wrote it. So, Ish stands for Avram Yishaya, right? Whatever. It's hidden. So he went into the rabbi's house, and the rabbi says, I want to show you my Sefer. So he looks at the Sefer, and he starts telling him that it's Shtusim, like in a nice way. He says, look, over here you made a mistake, and over here. In the argument, the rabbi realized that this guy is a little bit better than him. So he, he asked the Chazanish if he could learn with him, and the Chazanish learned with him every day, but he said, I, the Chazanish told him, on condition that you don't tell anybody that, that we're learning together. So the whole Maisa, the end of the story was that there was, it's called the Yosela the Blecher. That's the name of the story, because Yosela the, the Blecher, how do you say Blecher in the English? Uh, blacksmith, yeah. He, uh, he, was, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't doing well, he was at home, and his wife was, was putting him down. They had a Shalom Bayis problem. So the Chazanish told the rabbi, I want you to come with me to be Mavaka Chayla, so you can have covet that the Rav is coming. And the Rav said, no, but the Rav only goes out for Shiva. Or like, uh, he has a few things. The Rav doesn't go, it's too chashe for him to go just to visit. So the Chazanish convinced him that for Shalom Bayis he should. Anyway, the point is that the Rav took on the Chazanish as his madrich. Like right away, he, as soon as he realized that the Chazanish is greater than him, that he, he ripped his safer into shreds, so obviously he could learn from him, he took him on. Over here also, it seems the same kind of thing. It's interesting. Just I just read it. He realized, oh, Rav Chanan is not a slouch. He, he, know, he knows what's going on. He knows how to learn. So, so please tell me, how to, so how do you explain this mission? I'm not going to argue with you. I see you know what you're talking about. So he tells him, So the Lushen, what's the Lushen in the Mishnah? Al Katan, what's the Lushen here? Val Shel Katan means, says Rav Chanan, because of the Katan. But it really means on the tsoy of Tarnagoylam. It has to be the waste of a Tarnagol because the waste of a cotton is not mukta. But wait, there's a famous concept, grafshare. Grafshare is that pot that they would use as a bathroom, some sort of uh, you know, ceramic thing that they would do this thing in there. So it's really a disgusting, despicable thing. It's it's in halacha, that's the, the ultimate, this gross thing. Graf Shurei. But it's Graf Shurei, at the end of the day, you're allowed to move the tsoya of Tarnagoylim, even though it's Muktza, but it's Graf Shurei. Why are we allowed to take things off the table, the Shabbos table, the leftover chunt in somebody's bowl? It's Muktza. You're done, finished. So why are you allowed to? It's Graf Shurei. You're removing the bad stuff. You're allowed to. You're allowed to clean up. The chitem of Graf Shurei, agav mona in. Maybe I'll say that oh, the whole heter of moving this vessel is because you're not touching the actual tzoya. The tzoya is in the vessel. You're moving the, tzoya, the, the vessel. Eh, it's like tiltulmin atzad, kind of. That's okay. They found a dead mouse in between the spices of Ravashi. Got to tell you, I mean, I've been meaning to tell you this Misa for a long time, but we didn't have time. Now I see this a couple of minutes. When we were building the mikvah in Ani's 4th Street, 
When did I tell you? Yeah, when did I say it? Yeah, I did. Menachem says I could say the mice. I don't remember saying it since brachas. But you, you like, you like, a, it's a problem with you. I can't skip words and I can't say the same mice because you like a... Anyways, I'll just, so I'll say the mice over. For those who haven't heard the mice... Why don't you tell us, tell us what? things that happened between the set? <laughs> that doesn't fit into any sugi and shas. <laughs> ah, Rabbi, I have a story. No. So we're building the mikvah. Now what happens in New York, Stam, she's Dailam Shanoh, that if you open up your basement floor, you take out the cement, automatically mice are going to come to your house. They live under, they live everywhere in New York. That's how it goes. Or at least that's what my father told me. I don't know, maybe they lived in a cellar. So what's going on here? Why are there so many mice? Because we opened up the basement floor to make a mikvah before we poured the cement. It was a disaster. Wherever you look, there's a mouse. So in my, house, in my room, I had a glue trap just in case a mouse came into my room. Why would a mouse come into my room? So one day, I wake up for Shachas, and I look over, and I see a mouse. Like two, two of his feet were on the trap. It's like, oh no, it's disgusting. So I, I went back to sleep. Go back to sleep, you know, snooze. A couple of minutes, hours later, I don't know what it was, I wake up again and I, I get out of bed. I get out of bed, I feel something gooey on my foot. I look down, half my foot is on a dead mouse, half the foot is on a glue trap. And I try to pull this trap off, it's not coming off. And I have this mouse, and it's like, and the mouse is jiggling, and I'm jiggling, and what happened was, the mouse only had two feet on the trap. So the other two feet, he was moving. So he moved all the way to my bed. And, and there I am, with a mouse. And I remember, I, I was able to rip that thing off finally, and I, I just, for like five minutes, I was rubbing my foot in the carpet. It's like so gross. I had a mouse on my foot. It was meals. Fine. No shaykhs. It's a sugi, of course. What? It was a mouse? It was a meals, a mouse. Yeah. It was a What? Yeah. No, 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 because we're not talking about Neuland. In the, you want to, he, he's anticipating the child of Neuland. There's two things here. You have excrements that are mios and mukta. And now we said a child is not because a dog could eat it. But there's another problem maybe. Neuland, it just was, is created on Shabbos. That's not a problem. It's still not mukta. But if it's mios and it's not noilad, it is mukta because it's mios. Mios is mios. Anyway, they found the mouse. They had mice in those days also. The shtagach bisparmaki, the ravashi, even ravashi's house had mice, and sometimes they were dead. Over the psalmim, over the spices, whatever they had over there. In some shalom, I have a way to get rid of it. Grab him by its tail and get rid of him. Now, a tail is still part of the mouse. A tail is mukta. So you see that you're allowed to grab the actual ray, the actual tsoya with your own hands. You don't have to grab it, tilt him outside with a kli. You don't have to grab the mouse trap. You can grab the mouse itself and, and, and take it out. Says the Gemara Ba'ashba, we're talking about this, this, the feces of the chicken were in the garbage can. Says the Gemara, what's a kid doing in a garbage can? I mean, in our neighborhood, we wouldn't have such a shayla, but in those days, they were more protective of the children. Well, what's a kid doing in the, it's over there, in the Shusharam somewhere, not, not by your chatzar. Says the Gemara, it was, it, you had a little, the, 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 the tsaya happened to be laid down in the yard. Says the Gemara, so, 
you're allowed to move it. It's not muktzah. He had a small garbage can, not the main city heap of garbage, but you have a little area in your chatzor with garbage. Over there, the kid could get to. It's in the garbage. End the story. Fine. You're allowed to put something to cover a scorpion. Oh. Says a blanket statement. Anything that's a danger... You let it kill on Shabbos. Anything that has potential to kill, to bite, to sting, you kill it on Shabbos. Moser, Rabbi Yosef, and you see there's no Shulchan Aruch over here. It doesn't say yes. Here's, here's the Shulchan Aruch. There are only five that you're allowed to kill on Shabbos. There's a very dangerous fly, an Egyptian fly. In my uh, Mechutanim in the five towns, in Lawrence, I guess in Lawrence they have this crazy fly. It doesn't kill, but really hurts a lot. It's like a water fly. I don't know if you, these are flies that, that, that are attracted to water, you know what I'm talking about? Like a black fly, I forgot what it's called. What? They have these big traps in their backyard to catch this specific, yeah, like a horse fly, yeah, like a horse fly kind of thing. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I hope nobody... Yosef, I hope if somebody heard that, we got to cut out. <coughs> yeah. Who? Oh, our good friend Joey Levy. Since the chasen, I haven't seen you, Joey. Welcome, welcome, Joey. No, this is this is this is an uh, this is an Egyptian fly. This is an Arab fly. Matters. And the Ninveh wasp. There's a city in Iraq called Khadyov. So the scorpion from there. Not all scorpions. I, all scorpions are dangerous. This one, because what's going on here is these are animals. These are creatures that attack without any warning. They'll just come. So when you see one walking down the street and minding its own business, go ahead and kill it. Because it, it, eventually it's going to get you. This is interesting. Snakes in Eretz Yisrael. V'kelev shoyte b'chol makon. A rabid dog. Whatever they, I don't know how the art scroll translates it, but uh, a, a mad dog, mad dog. Okay. Mani, ilayme rabbi Yehuda, ha'omar melacha shein tzrich legufa chayv aleha. Again, so we're not talking about a situation where it's direct danger, because if it's danger, no, there's no shayla, no machlagis, it doesn't matter what the animal is. If a lion is coming towards you, you kill it. If a scorpion is coming towards you, you kill it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, it's not dangerous, it's walking down the street, but you want to kill it because you think it's going to harm somebody in the neighborhood later on. But Rabbi Yudah says, Yeah, even though you're not trapping it because you want to benefit from its skin or anything, you're trapping it so it doesn't cause harm. So you, tell, you must say that it goes according to Reb Shimon. So why does Reb Shimon Levi say every single animal in the world you're allowed to kill? It's only these five. So we must see Rashi for this. Rashi to be a masculine uman lemelon. I don't know, like eight lines before becomes wide. Uman lemelon, Rabbi Yosef, who told you that it's Rabbi Yosef? 
who said it, says Rashi, any b'raisa that wasn't said over by Rebchia and Rebshaya, I mean, we have this all over the place, but it's good to see it inside. You don't ask questions from a b'raisa that they, they had a perfect, they had good memory, and they were very makbid on the exact lotion of the b'raisa. When they say a b'raisa, that's a b'raisa you can ask questions from. Ask the Gemara over here, this b'raisa that you're bringing me to ask a question from Shubham Levi, that only five and not all the animals, maybe Rebchir and Rebshai didn't say it. It wasn't one of their b'raisas. Om Rabbi Yosef, I'm the one that said it, and I'm asking a question from it. And by the way, don't, 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 don't get nervous. Yes, it's a good kasha. I'm the one that brought it. I'm the one that asked it. I'm the one that's going to answer. So, if they run after you, then you kill any animal in the world. Any animal that's a danger, you kill. These five, these five that you're allowed to kill are even without Ratsu. Even if they don't chase you, they're so crazy. A rabbit, a, a rabbit dog, a mad dog, he's not looking at you now. A second later, he is looking at you. And he'll harm somebody else. So you just kill it. You get rid of it. If you kill a snake or scorpion on Shabbos, the Hasidim don't appreciate you. And we don't appreciate those Hasidim. The Chacham don't appreciate the Hasidim. What do you mean? You have to kill these snakes. Ravuna saw somebody kill a bee on Shabbos. You finish killing all the bees. I mean, a bee I have has 25,000 bees, whatever a bee I have has. What, you just killed one? You killed one. What's the, what's the, what did you accomplish? You just night on the Shama on Shabbos, and you didn't accomplish anything. He has a lot of friends that be. This is an amazing Gemara, boys. If a snake comes to bite you and you kill it, you should know you have a he wanted you to kill it and you have a mitzvah for killing it. But if you don't kill it, I think you could say, let's say in our days, let's say a person is in a terrorist attack and he is able to eliminate the terrorist, he has a big schos, he just killed the terrorist. But let's say he's in a terrorist attack, a guy's swinging a knife and he ran away, nothing happened. So he has to take that to heart. He has to say, wait a minute. I was in a massive of danger. I almost lost my life. And Akash Baruch Hu saved me. So you see that I deserve something. And Akash Baruch Hu said, you know what? I'm going to give this guy another chance. So it's a big enough kemino whether you killed the guy or you almost got killed and you, you were saved. Same thing here. If a, if a snake, you were able to kill the snake, big schos. You didn't kill the snake, look into your maizim. Something's wrong with you. We're talking about that only in a situation where the snake is hissing and he's in a danger. A snake fell out of the ceiling into the base of marriage. And this guy from Nivos killed it. That snake was killed by someone just like him. It's a good thing or a bad thing? The shopper of it, that he did the right thing by killing him? 
Like, was he saying, poor snake, a good guy got him? Or he's saying, look who got him, a bad guy from Nivos. Toshma. They're sitting by the house of Rebiyana. They're talking. You let to kill snakes on Shabbos or not? Omalu, tzirani hoireg. I could kill a wasp. Certainly a bigger, larger, more dangerous animal. Says the Gemara, Oh, so here we're going to a concept of a fitumai. A guy is walking down the street and he sees a snake slipping across the street. What? Or ants. Does he have to walk out of the way and avoid the snake? Or he just he continues. If he gets killed, he gets killed. This is a, sh- a shayla of Dovish and Miskavan. He doesn't really want, he's not intending to kill, he happens to be walking. Now, even in Dovish and Miskavan, because it's a sakana, the snake is dangerous. So, so Rabbi Yudah will, will be matter in this case. If you have a little spittle, so I could step on it. Why? Because I, I might be mashvigumais and Shabbos, boina. No, I continue walking. Now, but not lifitumai, but not to go ahead and deliberately kill him like he did, like the Nivas did. So you see from here that he wasn't happy with the guy. You want to kill him, walk normally, and then you kill him. But don't run over to him and snap, and snap, snap his head off. That's the problem. Same person, have a maskebay, the Veyrish Kalusa They owed him money. He owed the Rajgal's money. I interesting story. They brought him and they, they, they tortured him a little bit to get the money out. Have a Shadi Ruka, the Gemara says there was spit on the floor. So the Rajgal's didn't like the fact there was spit on the floor. I Lechari, you have to say that they, they, they had this guy there for a few days or whatever. I don't think they went on Shabbos to grab him. Maybe they did. Maybe they were bad. Whatever. Sometimes you... This guy that they, they're, they're, they're torturing for money, he, he says a halacha. You don't, have to, you don't have to cover the spit. Why are you covering it with a with thing? All you need to do is pretend you are, you're walking and you step on it. It's not a problem. Oh, this guy is a Talmud Chacham, he knows how to learn. Shifku, let him go. Stop torturing him. So you see the concept of Lefitumai. You see a snake, you don't have to walk around it, you continue walking, you step on its head by mistake, so to speak, and it's okay. Have a wonderful day, Rabbi Isai. Shloimi Klein, all the New Yorkers, Shalom Uvracha, it's good to see you. Go, go ahead. Joey Levy. I'm going to